0: start people dipping the left. And when I get nervous, I walk. And usually I speak too quickly. So if you don't understand anything, just keep it to yourself and pretend you did. I'd be very, very careful who you talk to you about
1: that, because the person who wrote that is dangerous.
0: <sighs> okay, welcome to uh, another episode that's being recorded in the Di- Dissect Podcast Studio. Um, have a kind of a strange topic tonight for me. I'm a little bit uncomfortable, so I have at least one, well, two allies here and then one critic uh, to uh, discuss a, a a zine that has actually been turned around rather quickly um, that is going to be available publicly pretty, pretty soon. And uh, so, this is Mark. I'm here. Ross is here, who has not graced the podcast studio in a while due to uh, life. Sadly, yes. Mr. Joe Holmes is back, visiting from Seattle. Or maybe he's moving here. I'm not totally sure. And then um, Nicole Morgenthau is here also. And uh, what I want to talk about tonight is is a, a, it's a, an, un, an untitled zine that is completely different than Ray's. And something that I got a wild hair about two weeks ago. Um, and it went to press today. So in that time, I... Um, didn't sleep that much. Um, agonized. I, my hair's long enough that I can pull some out now um, when I get frustrated. And um, so I made this thing. And I invited Nicole to, like, look at it today because I trust her um, her aesthetic sense and uh, knew that she would be honest um, about it. <laughs> but also knew that no matter what she said, it was too late. So, <laughs> 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 um, a- a- and... I I, I don't really know where to begin other than when I was working on it one night last week, Ross, and it was late, I think, or maybe not. I don't know. Um, and Ross walked in and I, he didn't know that anything was going on with this. And, uh, I showed it to him and, you know, there's a lot of things that have happened, you know, recently where I've said, I didn't want this. And then Ross looked through it and he said, this is pretty damn neat. And, uh, I think you wanted this this time, and that kind of was permission to to keep to keep going with this with this idea. And, and um, so, the, the basic premise of the zine is something that I had first spoken about with um, Eric Mathies and Adam Foreman in 2011. And I'd asked Adam, who's a brilliant tattoo artist and uh, an illustrator, obviously that goes hand in hand, I think. Um, and I asked him to illustrate Twitching with Twite" for me and we were gonna, I would make, then make a produce a print piece um, with it. And it was you know, maybe gonna be five illustrations or seven or 11, whatever, to illustrate some of the concepts in his very otherworldly sort of way. And we always thought it was a really good idea and then nothing ever happened. And then a couple of years later, we talked about it again and I said, maybe just do three. And I guess it wasn't a quantity thing. Um, because it still didn't happen and we've talked about it within the last year and, um, but I, and, and I just decided to go ahead with this idea. I'm going to make a zine and maybe the zine, if it's done well, um, and it's out there, then some other artists that I would like to collaborate with, um, will see it and agree to do the thing. So one point during the winter, and I still have this in my head. I asked Sean Kingery. I said, Hey, Sean. I'm going to send you a piece of writing of mine and I want you to make a piece of art related to it in some way. I don't care what it is. You read this thing, you know me, you know, sort of the history of where some of this writing came from. Do something. I'll figure out a way that I'm going to come to you. You come to me. I'm going to photograph it and, and, and and we, I will make it. I, I will publish it. It will become a, you know, something larger. And he asked me for a deadline and I gave it to him and, um, and he, and he made it. And then Ben Staley, who's going to be the contributing, uh, artist for the third issue of Ray's, um, wrote a really beautiful story, shot some really nice, fine pictures, which will be in that issue. But he also sent along some other art and, um, said, you know, I did this stuff some years ago and. Been in a few galleries, some in LA, a little bit on the East Coast. Back then, 2004, I think, and uh, some cos- composite imagery that's com- that combines um, actual photographs with with com- you know computer generated art, and it's really really beautiful. And I decided it wasn't good for rays, but it was because it was too good. It needed to stand on its own. It needed to be part of a larger sort of art type of piece. And um, so I repurposed that, put it in this scene, chose an appropriate piece of writing. Uh, to go with it. And then finally, uh, a number of years ago, or even recently, I, I asked Randy Ratcliffe, who does the incredible woodblock prints. And I, I, I own a number of these prints. And uh, I actually have um, in my possession, several, several of the original illustrations, one of them done on a shopping bag, some studies for these woodcuts. And uh, I sent him a piece of writing and said, Randy, would you you know make a piece of art for this? But he's not doing art anymore. He's you know making soft goods and keeping bees and you know, just kind of living underground. And so I, I I didn't get anything from Randy, but I have all that stuff. And so I kind of said, fuck you. Um, I've got this, you know, I was taking some of your, I was taking your work into the dark room and fucking with it in the early nineties. So, um, I have all that stuff. And so I'm just going to pretend like you contributed Randy and I'm going to send you like 10 issues that you can hand out to friends and a check. (laughs) And, and, uh, uh, so I put together this, 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 scene that is, um, my words written and illustrated by, um, artists who I respect and have relationships with. And, uh, um, it's totally fucking terrifying, but it's done. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. It's done. I, mean, I mean, I could take, uh, 500 copies and, you know, just make them disappear. have a fire. I don't know. Uh, You could do an art piece with them. You could just take
2: all 500 and toss them off the mezzanine and then however they land and spread, you know, do something cool with that. That'd be kind of like performance art. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's like you'd be like the Banksy of Salt Lake. You know, I've made this thing and now I'm just not going to let anyone
0: have it.
3: Like coasters for like big gulps of port.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The, The big gulp. Oh, by the way, Joe, if you wanted some port we have some
3: We uh, in a pint glass
0: I, I see that it's I, I might have to get a big gulp glass <laughs> for that you could just okay you're just one step away from drinking it from the bottle right now port uh, by uh, the pint huh? so I'm still stuck on
2: uh, like who, who the supporter and who the two critics are
0: no no there were two supporters oh, one, two supporters one, two supporters, one, so one critic so who's who uh, Joe would be the critic you know because he's a he's he's highly experienced with you know looking at and commenting about you <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> uh, i was gonna say art but <laughs> yeah you're far more accurate actually
2: <laughs> so what's I, the uh what's the most terrifying thing about this
0: too personal maybe or something or or maybe it's just um Actually, I don't think it's too personal because that's, that's that's never really been an issue. I think what it is is that it's so against the expectations of what... The, People think you are. Yeah. And, and what they think, you know, I should be doing. Oh, you're that 300 guy. You're a trainer or you're a climber or you're a this or a that and put it, you know, me and what I do and in a box and because it's easier to identify and this is, it, it's, it's, it's. I don't know. I, I would say it's far away from Ray's. It's far away from anything so far.
3: It's very outgoing and it's very personal.
0: Uh, yikes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> uh, which isn't
3: a negative thing, but that's why it's scary. Yeah. And I do that sometimes too. I'll put out pieces like that and then I'm like, oh no, that was ridiculous. And you're like, no, I was thinking about this. This is life, you know?
2: And I, I do think that's a that is one of the things you're always going to battle. Just by your very nature, you obsess over things until you can be as good as you can be at it and then you transition to something new. But when people get introduced to to you and your content, it's from a very, and we've talked about this before, it's from, it's a snapshot in time. It's not indicative of who you are today. And I think that's the challenging thing, <clears throat> especially with, with creative work, whether it's photography, you know, the written word, I mean, it could be what you do professionally, people are always two steps behind, and so they don't they, they kind of struggle with the fact that you talk about evolution, you've talked about you know not being a weekend warrior, you've talked about twitching, you've talked about all these things and it's like everyone misses the point. The point is to push on, to push yourself and <clears throat> and in many ways this is a bit of a reemergence for you uh, that will catch people
0: off guard, but that you kind of like that. Yeah. uh, Being, I don't know, provocative or
3: something. No, I mean, you've
2: always uh,
0: there's a, there's a part of you that enjoys
2: messing with people (laughs) or you think I'm the 300 guy or you think (laughs) I'm the climber or you think I'm the photographer. Think again.
0: Yeah. There are other things. I mean, I, I, to me, the edit, having edited the podcast with Scott Bagggy's you know, my climbing partner, my dearest friend, um, the other day, and then we posted it uh, yesterday, I guess. And looking back at that, I just realized like, wow, that's the, it seem, it's a lifetime ago and yet still we can sit across from each other and have a very current conversation in a way and like yeah i came from climbing but i don't um i can't i'm no longer that guy i'm so many years away from that guy who did those things that we were talking about in that podcast that and if i go okay right now this is the kind of thing this this scene this kind of output creative creative in 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 that in one way and then the and then having collaborating in relationship with others is um it just seems like the right thing right now
3: evolving it's a good thing
0: <laughs> and maybe can't be
3: helped not if you're you know being productive and moving forward you know that's like pretty much what you were talking about <laughs> the the knife segment of this you know can't do the same thing with the same people forever and especially for someone that wants to be pushed
2: and you you know you talked about relationships mr Twite. you're not known for relationships oh yes i am (laughs)
0: I, but that is the, but that's perception. <laughs> Not based. for having healthy ones or good or, or <laughs> yeah, to but, have them, have them, you know, run their course smoothly and end in a, you know, way where everybody stays cool with each other.
2: Just be cool. <laughs> <I> just <can't. laughs> but there, what you said there is you want to do things with people that you have relationships with that you respect. And this relationship, <clears throat> some of these relationships span 25 years Plus. And I think there's, I, I think there's an oversimplification, especially when you go, <clears throat> turn back the clock and look at some of your, your writings from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, that, that kind of ruthless self-assessment and the cutting of ties and the ability to move on. That is not a unilateral like life decision. It's cutting away the people or the relationships or the things that, that have run their course. You know, but it seems you kind of hold dear other relationships because, because there's value and meaning and history there. And again, I'm the young guy <laughs> sitting here going, who cares? I can, I don't need people. I don't need this. I don't need that. And I, I'm a guy who literally transitioned his whole life from one country to another, <laughs> you know, where it's like, who cares? But I always have to go home. I also have to see the people that I left behind that I spoke, speak to, spoke to, you know, reality is always, always there no matter how far away we try to run from it. Um, but Mark in his fifties has a more poignant, you know, conversation about how to live his life than Mark in his twenties or thirties
0: or forties. <laughs> <40s. laughs> Um, I don't. Yeah, I mean, the the knife as a concept, and that's one of the pieces that's in here, is has been an appropriate sort of metaphor for a lot of that, I guess.
1: You and I have had a lot of uh, conversations on relationships. And I've said this to you before. You, you are much better with the knife than I am, uh, much better with it than I probably could be but I've also seen like what Ross was referring to the flip side of that the people that you don't want to use the knife on you're very um, very cl- close to it's a strong bond uh, and that's one of the great things that I value about um, you know the friendship that we have uh, and yeah. Joe I'd, I'd let you hold the rope <laughs> and and that means it that means a, a lot
2: that's a big deal yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and, and and it's the other thing too that i mean you gave me a Radcliffe print and that meant a ton to me uh and uh yeah i mean
0: He's, he... I won't
1: come over and hug you right now or anything, but... I... Yeah, the,
0: the, the, the headphones won't reach and you're trapped by that microphone in that chair. The high chair? Be a little, just be a little... Now, nah, wouldn't be awkward. Um, but, I mean, speaking of Randy, I mean, the guy is... He is an amazing artist and also non-practicing at this time, or... Is that like being a lapsed Catholic? I, I, actually, I think he's maybe just, ex, you know, he's expressing that creative energy in a different way. But it, like that like the 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 wood the woodcuts ran their course. Like and, like climbing ran its course. Yeah. And that too for him, I think. And you know, and, and when his the he he was done printing, he would, you know, do the studies, he would make the drawings, and then he would carve the piece of wood and then he would print. I mean there are fifty numbered copies of chained and uh and then the 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 wood block itself was sitting next to the wood stove because he would burn them when he was done like this cannot there's you know and that's a statement on a variety of levels i don't think it was a commercial statement saying there's only 50 and therefore they increase with value every day um it's just like no i'm done I, i i he had the relationship with the subject and that he needed and then it was done and then it didn't need to exist anymore, which I think now in an era of sorts, you know, somewhat, let's just say disposable art. If the, I would say the way that the, that the masses, whatever that means, um, look at art, um, or the reproducibility of it, uh, you know, having something that's utterly scarce like that is, um, it's quite unique in a way. And I mean, both, I would say, you know, Nicole and I work with a photographic medium, and you could always say, hey, these are a limited edition until I decide to make more. You know, because I had made 25 prints or said there's only this many available, but it's a photograph, and there's a negative, or there's a digital file. And so.
3: It's not getting chucked in the fireplace
0: (laughs) the hard drives (laughs) no hell no (laughs) they'll self-destruct over time yes that'll happen (laughs) organically exactly they will
3: cut themselves
0: (laughs) but like that print out the climbing print that's out in the front room out there of you know that was shot on black and white film that print is okay so that print is actually from a digital file but it's but it was the negative um, the film was shot and developed in 1993 and I've held on to those negatives ever since then. And so I made a good scan of it earlier this year because it's going to go in the book and, um, and made that print from it, which who knows what happens to digital files 25 years from now. I don't know, but those negatives remain. Mm-hmm. And speaking of like hard drives or whatever in the, in the, in the fireplace, I mean, Billy mentioned um, the other night during the podcast, um, or maybe it was at dinner, I think it was during the podcast. Uh, We're talking about uh, he was mentioning a a photographer whose name I'm going to forget right now. Jan Groover, maybe, Um, who would shoot pictures, make a print or five prints or whatever, and then snip the negative. Like, that's it, folks. There's only five of these. Here's the, you know, it's not cut in half. It's like cut harsh partway through but I've still got the negative and it can't ever be printed again.
3: Like that. Yikes. A statement. I don't know if it's psychotic or impressive. (laughs) Somewhere in the middle, which is a lot of distance.
0: That's a, yeah, there's a gulf there.
3: I believe it was Edward Curtis, one of my favorite photographers, um, that in his divorce, his wife was to get all his plates. And... It wasn't. I don't. I don't know. I wasn't there in the 1800s, but I don't know that it was so much out of hatred for her, or just more like she was supposed to get these plates in the divorce, and he just destroyed everything. Because it's like, why would, why have, why should somebody have them that it doesn't mean anything to? Like that's how personal the art was, you know. That's good. Yeah. I like that. And we all see. Edward Curtis pictures all the time. Someone archived them well, so he was definitely winning on that move <laughs> if he was trying to make a statement. But there was a, I mean, that's a, uh,
0: maybe it's a, a thing there that, that he was like, look, I, I i want these, yes, I want them seen, but I'd like them distributed in a particular way or in a particular fashion. And if it was a um, non-amicable divorce and she ended up with those plates, then maybe it's, uh, you know, he was just concerned that they would be just you know prints you know on you know ultimately once the internet got invented you know they'd be on the hallmark website possibility
3: you know and he was yeah
0: saw far enough into the future that he was kind of concerned about something like that i don't know
3: i don't know i don't like i said i don't know more than that but i, th- I believe the personal nature of the work was just
0: like i can't if i don't like, control it then no one does
3: yeah right wow pretty cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, uh,
2: but that's something that you don't necessarily have nowadays and i think as photographers people will steal your art off you know on the internet without a second thought right you know and back then abuse was a thing mm-hmm. you know if i destroy it then nobody can abuse it i can take a screenshot i don't need to download your picture if i want it i will have it oh by by hook or by crook yeah and that's that cheapens the art, cheapens the time, and the lessons and the failures that have gone into capturing that because you just don't get it back. And and that's actually how do you cope with that? So, Nicole, I was, I've been on your website and I mean some of those photos are insane. You know, there everyone feels like it, there's probably some random story <laughs> that, that goes along
0: with it. Pretty much and even the backpacking photos
3: Mm, only for me okay (laughs) tired (laughs) really want sushi now (laughs) usually those kind of thoughts
2: (laughs) but how do you uh, you know mark we've talked about it but how do you how do you cope with that or how do you process that you know i i i chuckled when i went on your website and all your photos are actually an image so they can't be stolen or downloaded. I'm like, that's a really interesting way of getting around, steel, like having your art stolen.
3: But it can get stolen from a variety of places. Um, I mean, I put it out there. Sure. But I, I do try to put it out as pretty low resolution. So have a great time printing that. You know, each pixel is going to look like a hard-boiled egg if you try to make it big. So... Um, I've actually had people that have tried to steal art. Be like, I tried to print this, and I couldn't get a good print. And I'm like, um, well,
2: thanks for cheating.
3: Yeah, I can duct tape my mouth, or I can turn into a demon. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, let the that you know low resolution picture just tell you. It's you know what's possible? that's my armor. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've got. You know, so that's an. It,
0: it, I mean part of it yeah if it's out there and it's digital there's a there's a what's mine is yours or what's yours is mine mentality if you put it out in a way like it's you know, totally casual to you know download the entire metallica catalog if you could you know from whatever torrent you know thing and people don't think twice about it same with photographic images any number of things which is you know i wouldn't say that like okay we're going to print a physical copy of this yeah someone could fucking scan it and turn it into a pdf or someone could you know hack the printer's website or mine or you know my email account or whatever and get it and post the pdf but fucking who would do that's i mean that careful beautiful... this could be a challenge accepted moment for <laughs> <someone> <laughs> You're running to out the room right now <laughs> that's, that's true um you know, but you might want to do that if you're like, you go on, we were looking at this photographer and he's got this, you know, a pretty nice picture of Bob Dylan, right? And Is and there it, such a thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, <laughs> I, I was just saying the way that it was lit and the okay. the, no, know, Bob the situation himself. and that kind of thing, you know, but, but, and, and so is 11, you know, want to buy an 11 by 14 print of, you know, this Bob Dylan image and it's 600 bucks. I got to pay 600 fucking bucks. I'm going to download this bitch from the internet somewhere <laughs> <laughs> and like and i'm gonna have my own i got it on my phone motherfucker and i just like okay that's why i started you know making prints recently and not only to see like a high resolution print that's like 48 inches wide it's an it's a pretty cool experience to stand in front of but yeah, you can have the digital files. Nicole said you, you, you can make your four by six print if you want it to look. You know, that's as that's as good as it's that's as big as it will look good if you rip it off. Then there's a zine, and but the zine is a you know the the ideas. I mean, it's a collection of things that all sort of go together with a theme, and yeah, that image is interesting. That piece of writing is interesting, but mostly the I think. The impact of all of the things combined, especially with this untitled or collaborate or whatever this thing's going to be called, of multiple artists with the common thread of one author's writing, um, I think the impact of the, of the whole is something you can't get from the, from any individual piece, no matter what.
2: And it's the, only the people who are deserving of it will understand.
0: You know it's or only the people <laughs> who understand it deserve it
2: yeah you know the, the, to to go super nerdy for a moment <clears throat> i grew up collecting comic books and never wanted a reissue i would take something that was tattered and dog-eared over the pristine reissue and i couldn't i couldn't quite define why but there's something about going you know this is old, you know, this has been passed through people's hands. And we, we talked about that with the zine. You kind of want it to feel used and consumed and, you know, kind of passed around because, and I was too, I was young. I wasn't appreciating the artwork. You know, I love the story, but there is, I think when you've got a physical thing, is solemnity the right word? You know, there's something about going, i can i can connect more with the physical product than i can with the digital pixels yep you know that's why people collect first edition books or even just books you know i have i have a stack of books next to my bed and my wife is constantly like well why don't you have the ebook version why don't you buy it on i i i books i was like i do i have it but there's something about the paper there's something about you know the dust jacket and the print that makes it more of an experience you know it's not just about the consumption of knowledge it's not just about looking at pictures you know the difference between between a standard print and a lithograph is significant
3: i think it's just a mindset though i think some people just want the information and they don't care how it's delivered
0: do you
2: think think those people that that mindset can change do you think it's is more prevalent like the consumption of information is is kind of the norm now that people don't take time to kind of step back and enjoy the finer things
3: yeah agreed
0: at a conversation the other day there's a um one of the owners of the of the atelier uh fa where where all i have all my prints done um and Somehow like the topic of like medium format film photography came up because I was interested actually, because somebody at my local camera shop said, Oh, he may have that camera that you're looking for or knows something about it or this. And so next time I'll call him up and see. And so ne- next time I was in the shop, I'd asked him and I, and, uh, I asked him if you, you, know, Hey, are you still, are you shooting film at all? And he goes, Oh, hell no. Like it's so hard. And yeah, you end up with, and, and, and we got into the discussion and he was talking about his evolution as a, as a photographer and how that, Hey, if I have a, if, if I have an image that I want to make a print of, then all of the work that I do on it in my, in, you know, the light room, as opposed to the dark room, it's preserved. I can, I can replicate that print over and over again, no matter what. All that information's there. He's like, if I had to go into the dark room And try and make two prints exactly the same. There's no fucking way I could do it. And so we got, he said, well, so why are you, Mark, why are you shooting? Why are you like interested in, you know, that camera that we were just talking about? And I said, because it makes me slow down that I have to stop and think that because I need to be sure when I press that button, because I can't chimp, I don't get to look. Like, I just need to be like, okay, the light meter says this, my intuition says this, I'm going to kind of go in between somewhere and then like today we're shooting some stuff (laughs) and it's like, well, I don't know. I'll find out in a while, you know, if I'm, if I got it, I think I did. I think I saw exactly through the lens at the moment that that click happened. What I wanted to see, or what, and and, and then I'll know. But but that, and, and so that was my response to him. Is like it makes me slow down. It makes me think. It makes me be in this moment right now. Which there are a hundred things pulling me out of this moment right now in my life at any given moment. And so having something. And maybe, and so for me, it's, yeah, it's, it's shooting film for me. It's like, maybe it's looking at that scene or looking at the book. There's this physical thing. I, I can't, there's no scrolling. Yeah. There's like t- you turn the page, but there is no like just scrolling. It's funny. <clears throat> so when I was back in Scotland at the summer,
2: I I took 1100 pictures. you would never do that on a 24 or a 36 roll of film. And I, I mean, I have boxes of negatives from 20 years ago, mm. but I, it's funny. I've never actually thought about it until you mentioned it there, which is like you would, I would be less cavalier with the photos that I take if there was consequence and they got not, not consequence, not in a bad, bad way, but if it was scarce, yeah, or if yeah, I had to exert patience, you definitely
3: at, slow down with film. You try to craft a picture rather than point at something cool and see how it looks, and then redo it.
0: Yeah, you're not getting uh, I, in that conversation. Of you know, we were, I I don't think maybe or maybe it was a different one, but I was thinking, man, if that first I was scanning some slides from my first trip to Nepal in 1986, and uh, there's two in particular where. I, we're uh, both of them on a, a mountain called Kangtega and, um, uh, climbed a new route on the Northwest Ridge. I was with Jeff Lowe. I was with Tom Frost and Allison Hargraves and it being 2018, both, both Jeff Lowe and Tom Frost died this year, 2018. They died the same day. Um, and Allison had died in 1996 on K2. And I, uh, was just like, holy fuck. I have that I have two images one of them is in the scene that we're that um I've made a composite of of that image one of them is in the scene that's going to come out um you know today or tomorrow you know whenever you hear this who knows um and it made me realize like wow I I kind of wish I'd had enough money to take more than 20 rolls of film on a two and a half month trip to Nepal Two times thirty six, whatever that you know. Okay, so you got seven hundred and twenty shots. I can fucking take seven hundred and twenty shots on my phone in a fifteen minutes,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and maybe have one good one or whatever. But looking back through all of the slides and realizing, like, yeah, I, probably, I over over the years, I threw you know probably ditched the shit ones or whatever. But looking at, at that and realizing. That okay. These were important moments to capture at that time because, and I look there and I just go, "Wow, I'm the fucking last man standing right now." In and, uh, and would it have been different with a digital camera? I I don't know, but I know that like in you know the 2008 2009, a couple of different trips to McKinley with military guys that I had. You know, multiple cards, memory cards, I came home with, like you, like you said, Russ, several thousand images. Talk about, A, an editing nightmare but, nightmare, but B, it's just, it is a cavalier approach where you don't slow down to take the picture, then to go into the dark room, develop the negative And then make a print, which you know, the early nineties. I spent a lot of time in the dark room doing exactly that, and just to realize, like, man, I better choose like three good ones because I'm gonna I'm gonna need to be in this dark room for a long time to make them right. Do you think that uh, this the uh, the
1: availability of everybody just being able to fire off? Uh, pictures on their phone. It the earlier I thought you were going to go somewhere else, but it made me think about the comment when we went to the gallery to pick up um, those pieces that you're hanging up, and you asked about.
0: Um, hey, I've been in this gallery a bunch. I've yeah. never
1: seen a photographic show in here. And and the woman said, uh, "Well, how?" Ha- ha- do you want to sell to people here or from out of town or something to that effect? And we were just kind of silent. And she's like, cause the people here in Utah don't think that that's art, which just blew, it blew all three of us away. Yeah. <laughs> if it's on it's, paper, yeah,
0: I think was, the, was the comment. Yep. So it, you know, if there's a print of a painting, it's not art and neither is a photograph. Like, I don't know what it is about, you know, culture here, but they've just never had any luck. It's either got to be three dimensional. So they do. So there's a number of sculpture type shows that have been there and painters, but nothing else.
3: That's not just here. I run into that with photography a lot. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, you need to move this stuff and get it out into these Western galleries and photography is always people don't exactly. They love it, but they don't know what to do with it.
2: Do you think it's because they don't understand it? When it comes, you know, painting, it's like it's the brush strokes or it's the, you know, what there's much more physical activity or time that goes into it. Do you think it's because there's a disconnect? You're like, no, there's been 20 years of time that's gone in. I wonder if
1: if I I have the disconnect. For me, it's always been photography that has always spoken to me more than painting. Sorry, Billy. But... (laughs) Which, but you do own one of Billy's paintings. I own two of Billy's paintings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but photography has always spoken to me. So me
3: too. I feel. I feel like. I mean, no disrespect to painting because I think it's. There's a lot of really talented painters out there that are doing amazing work. But I feel like, and this could be the the problem people have with photography is that it communicates so strongly. You know, it, you don't have to say anything. You could take a picture in a war zone or um of like two lovers kissing and it's just it's so powerful that i think it kind of slides into journalism it slides into science and i think people are just like i don't know and in fact i I mean i shoot probably 90 percent portraits and i have a lot of people that come to me and are like oh you do nice black and white work do you have a mountain
1: which yes
3: do people scare you well i guess they do scare you I don't really hang up pictures of people in my home very often either.
1: It just made me think about. Uh, uh, I have a book, uh, portraits from Tibet,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I believe, and I, uh, I saw it for the first time. Uh, I just was at someone's house and I and I picked it up and I and I looked at it and I was just like, I need to get this book. And I this was it's... like the late '90s, I want to say.
3: I think it's a the photographer out of Seattle, actually. Actually, His name is right. Phil, yes. and he might be a dentist or a doctor yeah. and a very fine photographer.
1: But, I mean, the the images in that was just
0: unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. But you don't have them hanging on your wall, would I, you? And I, I guess, I mean, I would. Okay. Uh, I don't. But I think the only, like if I was going to have a portrait hanging for me i there's only one it's a picture by of marlon brando shot during apocalypse now by mary ellen mark cuz that motherfucker like i had it as a <laughs> as the desktop on my computer and every time I com- my i turned my computer on i was just i just felt like oh yeah i am a i'm a, i'm a useless I, I you're right i need to create i need to do something those fucking eyes, and I'd have the computer on, and anywhere I went in the room, the motherfucker was looking at me.
3: I need to see that picture. Pardon? I need to see that picture. I can
0: show it to you later. It's 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 mad, and but like the one we saw, you know that lovely picture of Bono walking on the beach. You know what? Are you fucking kidding me? No amount of money. I, would, I mean. It looks like it there
3: should be type over it for, like, progressive insurance, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. If you've got
3: your slicker on, then <laughs> you can... Then
0: you need protection. Yeah, something yeah. like that. If it's raining, like here in Ireland, <laughs> yeah. you need protection. Hey, like something. I said, buy like <laughs> my insurance and my blue-tinted sunglasses or yeah. whatever, because the world looks so awesome through them. Uh, I, it, anyway, that, that I, I would I would find it difficult to live with So maybe, Nicole, that's one of the reasons. (laughs) It's a bit much. In
3: fact, the people that buy portraits from me, they're only of their own family because they want to document their kids growing up. And that's cool. But it's never of somebody else. It's like...
0: So it's someone close, generally. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It's Yeah. Photography is very, very personal. Maybe more so than a sculpture or a painting, you know? And that could be...
0: And maybe it's also... You know, in a way there's a, a certain, you know, they're obviously brilliant landscape photographers, you know, this is, this is how I see the world and yeah, I would, I I actually bought a print from Alex Buise actually, because he, he shot this amazing image of, um, Fitzroy Massif in Patagonia, incredible storm. And I saw the it, it, it ultimately the color uh, image was on the cover of Rolo's uh, Patagonia Vertical Guidebook but when I'd first seen it, it I saw the black and white and I said holy shit this is okay it's, it's, it's not so good that it makes me want to smash all my cameras <laughs> <laughs> but it is that much better than what I can do that it is aspirational and so I want to own it. I want to have that thing hanging there to make me try to make myself better. But maybe people don't want to have that kind of thing, like glaring at them all the time or, or, I mean, that's just my relationship to that thing. Or maybe they would like, oh, that's a really beautiful landscape, but that's not how I see it. You know, I've been to that place and I didn't, you know, I, I don't know.
3: I also think with, with um landscapes is that there's so much available that people expect them to be so like painfully gorgeous. Like the sunset has to be perfect and there has to be god rays and the grass has to be green and it's like uh what's Boring. that about?
0: There's this really cool well actually one of my favorite I actually post posted a little picture on Vero today of this zone under this bridge south of the parking lot, looking at the fucking detritus and the. Or detritus? Detritus. Det- detritus. Um, and the car bumper reclamation place across the tr- street and the railroad tracks and all the power lines and it all leads to the mountains. It's like one of. And I've shot that picture a lot of fucking times. Flavorful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to me, I mean, and this is one of those other things. Like, oh, yeah, the landscape has to be painfully beautiful. Well, if you open your eyes, everywhere you go has the potential to be painfully beautiful in some way.
3: Oh, I agree. Absolutely. just depends and who's looking at it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was actually over the train yard below the 6th South off-ramp earlier today shooting some pictures it's cool it's really cool over there <laughs> and i've been there a bunch of times it's you should a like uh, certain time of day and there's the arc of that bridge the way it curves to the south and today there's a storm coming in and if you get the chance there's some warehouses next to what was frida's
2: yeah you know the red ones have yeah. you ever been in i've never been you should uh, see about going in there okay it's pretty cool I actually went to look at those ones at the time I was looking at this place. Really? Not a functional space. Yeah. But you, you know, that way the the walls have a story to tell. Yeah. It's thirty foot high ceilings. It, I mean, it's just it's your stereotypical old warehouse that people just don't see potential in because
0: well, of the or beauty the past. in yeah. Uh, ah, bulldoze that! Put up some fucking condos. I gotta sell some more MDF whatever
2: do you think the uh I, I, i'm going back to this thought about the about portraits and and things and things like that and and just photography in general do you think it's because you can't you can't mold the past into being what you'd like it to be because photography is so real it's a it's a still snapshot of exactly how it was
3: could be a giant part of the problem for people you know,
2: you know they they yeah. don't they don't want to know. They don't want to remember. It's easier to say, "Hey, I've photoshopped the life out of this trip and look at how great these landscapes are." And, but the reality is, not
0: you photoshopped the life out of it exactly. Yep. There was an article. I think it, it it's on it's on the BBC website right now, um, and I think that the title of it was something you know like, "Social Media is Making People Crazy," which we have discussed before. Period. period. Um, but the, the, the main thing they were talking about was the fact that, that, that you take the selfie, you get the photo of your, you know, taken with the other, you know, the star or this or that, and then you Photoshop the life out of it or apply all these different filters. And then there's this disconnect, like that's how you think you should look and so part one of the references in the article was the number was interviews with different cosmetic surgeons where people came in with selfies this was a vice
2: like mini documentary okay so there's a video on vice about about this it popped up just the other day and people Uh, are they're like it's not a shopping
0: mate it's not a menu is it the one where they came in and they, they're like, I want... No, all, all this had was the number, the percentage. Like, these people come in, they've got their fucking Snapchat photo or their, you know, whatever the thing is. And they want to have themselves change to look like that. Like, oh my fucking God, that would drive... Them. Yes, I can see how that would drive you crazy. Because that's not how you are. Yet. Right. Yeah. Throw down enough cash. Or something. I mean... I, I, one of the things can can d- they fix grumpy
2: bastard? I don't know if, that's the,
0: <laughs> if there's a level of surgery that can fix that. It, isn't there a f- filter on my <laughs> that's grumpy Instagram cat? Called, Mark, that's oh, grumpy, grumpy cat. Cats, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's grumpy bad. <laughs> um, one of the things, for, I mean, for me that I appreciate a lot. I, I mean, even just watching today, with Nicole shoot some portraits of me and I'm like how did you do that And i'm not asking for a lesson it's just like it's a rhetorical question because there was a, when I, there was a i was going to try and put a section in the in, in the book in a refuge originally of portraits because i have tried to shoot portraits in my life but i either don't care enough about people or i'm afraid of them <laughs> or something that it is. It, I find it very difficult to. Um, I mean, I was always afraid. I, didn't, I I liked you know the long lens to be. Okay, I'm going to shoot a portrait, but I'm going to be half a mile away when <laughs> yeah. I do it, so I don't have to interact, and or, or or something. And this is when I mentioned to you earlier today that i had been shooting some portraits because I would need I. I'd, we're not all going to be here for a long time. And I would like to have a record of, you know, people that matter to me. And Joe knows, you know, I have a fucking, I have, I have a ton of photos of him and very, you know, especially at dinner, especially with his pinky up. Maybe it's drinking a Campari. <laughs> no. The other night it was an Italian hot chocolate, you know, like an espresso glass, which is actually a pretty awesome portrait. Um, but it's, but I, but I find it hard. There's an intimacy there where I used to want the camera to be in the way. Because I was afraid of that intimacy, but then today, and I was looking, and I was trying, was kind of looking at your camera, and I was like, "I'm what kind of focal length is she using?" I guess I don't know. I don't care. We're close enough that, I mean, I'm not uncomfortable because I'm in front of it, but then I felt when I turned it around and made you stand in front of my camera, I, I was like, oh, "I don't want to fuck this up." I don't. Am I really seeing? In my, can I photograph through your armor? (laughs) (laughs) I got,
1: sorry, I didn't mean that. No, no, no. It's not a photographer. Um, (laughs) But as we were talking, we're talking about portraits and and, uh, an image came to my head of a, a portrait that I took on my phone that I got completely lucky with. And it was of my parents. Uh, and it was, um, about a year before my dad died and it was just them standing in front of the garage at the house that I grew up in, that they've lived in for over 35 years. And okay. I applied the black and white filter to it cause I like black and white, but I looked at it and, and it just, I got lucky of and i captured something that meant something to me and i printed it out as nicely as i could and i took it into uh this gallery that they've done some framing work for me before and i had a very small image uh made up and then a i don't know larger one that i have hung up in my office and it, it it just it captured like the lines of my dad's face, and he was always he's a belt and suspenders guy, you know, and and that and his beat up overalls that you know they both grew up in the depression, and 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 just, like my mom couldn't stand the picture at all, and and my sister saw it and she's like, no, mom, like this is you and dad, like hardworking, pre- to the earth people and it just I got like I'm getting choked up talking about it actually like you can tell I just got I got really lucky and I'm glad I have that that photo
2: so and you did get lucky because <clears throat> my dad died 11 years ago and I would kill to have had a camera that I could have got something I wish I had cared enough or maybe it was an exposure thing but <laughs> There's a photo um, from my wedding, and the, we got really lucky with our photographer, Christina. He's a he's a, an incredible photographer, but she made a deal. She helped him out arrange. She helped him out with the arrangements for his wedding. She said, "Don't pay me, just shoot the photos whenever I get married." And there's a picture of my mum, and she's no clue that the picture's been taken, and she's talking to me, and she's smiling, and she's like kind of mid laugh. And I'm, it's one of my favorite pictures of her because there's no posing, there's no like preening, it's just like that, it's that capturing of a moment and when I look at it, I'm immediately transported back, not to the wedding and all the kind of festivities, but but that night and you go, that can be, i can, it can be the most precious thing in the world, but it can also be the most terrifying thing in the world to see that level of candor, honesty, but it's, I would kill to have what you have.
1: Yeah. It's just, like I said, I just, it's something about it. I was able to capture something that spoke, speaks to me. And I walk by it every single day. Like I hung it up somewhere where I walk by every day and see it. So
3: how come your mother doesn't like that picture?
1: I think just that she just I because she's just like in her work clothes and her hair's messed up and her, you know, it's it's that's how I know her. Mhm. You know, like that's 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 who she that's who she is. So I think I I don't know I Probably a lot of people don't like portraits of themselves. It's like people don't like what they sound like when they're <laughs> when they on hear a themselves on podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. I,
0: I there's something, Nicole. I, I I wasn't looking for words, but many of the portraits that you that I've seen that you've taken, I just think, wow, this is like intimate grit. There's this closeness there. But when Joe mentioned, "Oh, the lines on the face and some of the Western, you know, portraits," I'm just like, "Oh, these are people who've been outside living it, and it, it's, it's it, like, okay, there's nothing, there's not something added to smooth this out, no. which I think is what maybe most people are afraid of, and that's why you end up with these."
3: filters and the search for
0: cosmetic surgery or whatever Um, but you know these many of these pictures you know of yours that I've seen I'm just like I think you saw through
3: it's it's certainly uh, not what I I, you know the smooth out is not what I like to do and I will shoot some corporate uh, portraits sometimes and I smooth (laughs) I get people coming back to me and they're like smooth more and I'm like uh, okay. uh it's gonna look real
0: weird around the eyes but, but yeah, i mean but it will look like instagram so it's fine
3: there are yeah when you smile there are lines that appear to show that you're actually alive but sure i'll take them out for you if you'd like but no need to talk about that polished work because that's not yeah. what i that's what i'm happy to do but not what i do do
2: yeah i i'm it's a very diplomatic response sure I like yeah that. i mean
3: i like taking portraits you
0: know I think it's one of the most so much easier to shoot a
3: landscape and I'm the exact opposite because I'll see I'll, I could drive somewhere and have like the perfect light well once in a while I'm like yeah this is gorgeous and this picture is gonna be pretty because it's pretty but I'll look at a mountain and be like it's already perfect what am I gonna do with this there's no you can't be clever with this you know Whereas with someone's face or you're working with an, like another human being, you can be clever with it. And uh, so that's why like, you know, shooting product. I, I mean, when I went to photography school and it's like sit down the bottle of Paco Rabanne <laughs> and take a picture of it. I'm like, you got it. I can't. Like seriously, just pour a giant vat of acid on my head because I cannot do cologne bottles.
2: kids will never understand Paco (laughs) Rubin
0: Jovan (laughs) Musk but there's there's four of us in the room I'm just like um ouch
3: this is killing me I cannot do this it's more painful than like a booster shot 14 times you know (laughs) I guess what would we call it today what are they what are they um what's that body spray Axe. Axe. Yes. <laughs> my best my, friend. This is, this is friend. The Axe
0: of the 80s yes. <laughs> or whatever.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> do they even, or, I mean, do they even take pictures of that? Is it not just like comedic commercials now? They don't even. Stay still long enough to take a picture.
3: This was a little more high end stuff. It was, you know, you dropped the bottle of opium perfume. That's also, I'm dating myself <sighs> wow. as well, you know. Whatever, Chanel number no. five. That's a classic, <laughs> opium right?
0: 1984. Oh, just
3: musky Jersey hoe is what it, <laughs> 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 it smells like to me. Maybe Long Island, also fine.
0: I, uh, how are you oh do my God. <laughs> cool. how are you doing? And I probably
3: just offended half the population of America because everybody wore it, so whatever.
2: No, it wasn't limited to America. Oh yeah, did
3: yeah, they did they, they, they spritz it on pretty good over in Europe?
2: But it was a higher end product in, in <laughs> Europe.
3: Oh my god! I, god. I, I,
2: you're just how I, about kudos? Yeah, serious flashbacks. I, I
3: think Canada also did a good spray down on that too. <laughs> <laughs> Cheaper in bulk, so. <sighs> like that's a population you, I'm okay with offending. <laughs>
2: they
0: wouldn't even be offended.
3: No, not really. They'd be like, ah, she's fine. It's she's cool
0: i i don't know i'm i'm just flashing back right now and like there's a mixture of opium <laughs> cigarettes wine let me just
2: clarify <laughs> is, there, is, is this <laughs> what kind of opium were you talking about in, in yeah, this yeah, the, the fragrance okay
0: okay just double checking yeah yeah you wouldn't really want to mix the you know the, the real thing with wine or maybe you would. I don't know. I'm 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 unfamiliar with the the real thing. Never you, having you weren't lifing hard enough then, Mark. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. There like every there was a there was a period in my life for probably six or eight months when every time I smelled that perfume, I'd get whiplash because I thought it was her walking by.
3: who was her not in no, name um, Oh, no <laughs> <laughs> so i like, that was,
0: a, uh, that was, was like her? a softball throw right there I know sorry you there, okay you want me to hit the sound. No no of the no park, I don't or, I didn't
3: uh... I didn't actually mean the the name was it a X Okay yeah Well, pretty obvious yeah. so, it, so it, you're like, well, up, pretty let's see, so
0: pretty, pretty <laughs> evident but also it didn't you know the 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 first time it ended it wasn't my terms <laughs> I wasn't the one with the knife the first time it ended yeah second time yeah I got to chop it off but um, yeah it was but th- whenever I man I hear the name of that perfume I can fucking smell it right now it's yeah <laughs> it's shocking it's
3: moving isn't it oh, wow I can smell certain perfumes and be I could put myself in kindergarten and in a certain dress <laughs> creepy
0: or tincture of benzoin for example I am like instantly transported to Yosemite taping my hands to go crack climbing mm-hmm. every time I mean like I might be gluing you know I've used it over and over again to like fix my feet you know in the mountains but every time I smell it it's like there's a there's a time travel
3: mm-hmm and it's so clear oh yeah I feel like not to drastically change the subject but I feel like that um being that we all have aging parents of different you know whatever ages mm-hmm. and um that I feel like that's the one thing they really never forget is that time travel be it with a smell or with a certain location certain like at, an Italian restaurant that's been around for like 40 years in New York City like I could have a relative walk by it and just like drop their knees from like in a memory you know Yeah It's I think that's something that's really interesting about old people is
0: but I think it's something that's interesting about like non virtual Like, there's something. There will never be a zeros and ones version of that.
3: Mm.
0: There's no digital odor. Nope. Mm. Like you, yeah, I could see something a, sun, a particular sunset in a particular place, and like, oh, I'm reminded of da 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 da, or a digital representation of that sunset or something, and I'm kind of transported. But smell is just like a kick in the guts sometimes.
3: Well, and I hope the recognizable smells aren't things like Axe body spray or the smell of yeah. Chipotle, <laughs> which is also delightful in time and place. But I mean, you know. Are talking about
0: the chain? Yeah. Or the. <laughs> well, it's open kind of late, so I have
3: <laughs> okay. salad it out there kind of late. But, you know, it's like you just want people to have some more authentic experiences that weren't based on mass gains, you know. What? Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that's what we're, one of the things that we try to capture with the idea of the, of, you know, I don't think this is a stretch, but making a physical object like the photographic print that Joe was talking about, like the photograph that Ross was talking about, like, oh, I have a print of this. I can hold it in my hand. I can, and it's, it's in this frame, or I walk by it every day, or Something like that, or that you know, that I'm going to interact with a book as well as having the e copy on my tablet so that I can get on an airplane and take it with me. But I need to have the weight of it on my lap and looking through it and like hear the feel the texture of the pages as I'm turning them, hear that page turn as it goes over and kind of pressing it down so it stays in place.
1: There's something about a book that you pull off a shelf and it's dog eared. And you open it, and you've written things in the margins, or you've highlighted things, or you've underlined certain things, and and then it's kind of interesting to pass that along. Uh, oh yeah, and and or or get one from someone else, and okay, what what spoke to them?
0: Or order a book like there's you know there was there was a period where I was tr- trying to find certain climbing books um, that were out of print. So you find one, on, the, you know, the used book clearinghouse on the Internet or you're in a used bookstore, a store that has used books. Maybe it's in Portland, that one, Powell's, or maybe it's in a fucking street in Kathmandu. And you get that book and it and yes, it's passed through other hands and maybe you don't want that. But maybe the part of the beauty of that book is the way it smells and the fact it has been.
1: I I somehow acquired... A copy of kiss or kill from someone else who had got it from her sister and you had signed something you had signed the inside of it and it was someone that had something to do with one of your dogs that had helped you with one of the dogs I I can't I wish I could remember precisely what it was but it like it was a signed copy to this person specifically signed by you and they had underlined it, and I think that might be the copy I've passed on to Billy. But it—it it was just—it was sort of a
2: oh. text Billy now. <laughs> <laughs> I just see it on it. But it's like
1: dogs
0: I, yeah, heartbreak. Yeah. Mm. So, sorry to bring yeah. that up. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. <laughs> uh,
1: but but it was it, yeah. I mean, it was just like you—you're not going to get that with
2: an ebook. You're right. And yeah. I, I think, uh, so it's funny you talk talking about smells and physical objects. My, uh, grandparents owned a secondhand bookstore. And so I have this, I have a memory of sitting in the front window. It was like a bay window <clears throat> and it was full of old comics and books. And there's a smell that goes along with, with used books.
3: Oh yeah. You
2: know, indeed. Hundreds of them, and it was just—I remember picking them up. And, you know, you just kind of fan through the yellowed pages, and it's kind of this musty smell. And anytime I'm—I'm I'm in a—I order a used book, or I'm in a secondhand bookstore, even a library. You're like—I know people don't—they're like libraries. Th- those are still things now. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, It—it transports me back. I must have been four years old, and I remember it clear as day. I used to go in, I sat on the counter occasionally. They'd let me go in and kind of like read books in the window. I can only imagine what people walking past must have thought. This little little boy just like drooling on books. (laughs) What's the experience that my kids will have with stuff because they're growing up in a digital age? Because their books are iPads. You know, it's crap you know i i don't
1: know i mean at least least they're reading well (laughs) i'll say that yeah yeah
2: let's there's probably more youtube than reading but but that's why when we went back to scotland i gave rory a camera yeah and he i mean he's he he just turned six and so he's running around and he's figuring it out and he's taking the worst pictures ever but they're only marginally worse than mine and (laughs) and it was cool because he was thinking about something else other than, you know, being dumb, and what was fascinating was my three-year-old got his iPad because he didn't have a camera, but put the camera on, and so he's running around with an iPad taking pictures. I'm like, this is this is super cool, but then I went, I pendulum totally the other way. At the weekend, we took the kids out to a pumpkin patch, and I'm like, I'm not going to take. And it's like the fifth one we've been to, and it's very American cliche. I'm like, I'm not going to take a picture because I want to be present. Because I spent too much time trying to take the picture that I missed the point. You know, and how do we, <laughs> how do you find that balance? You know, it's like, I want them to do something, I want them to have a skill, develop a skill, be at least think about their environment. And, be able to document progress but also they have to be present I can't I don't want to substitute you know an iPad you know and YouTube videos for a three inch screen
0: and it's just another thing for them to stay at which they there was a uh, sometime in the last day or two days I watched a little short video um, with uh, Vim Vendors because made some you know fairly interesting movies films Um, in his life was talking about how like you know phone photo you know taking pictures or what capturing with phone has killed photography and one of the points in this short little sort of monograph or monologue is like yeah people with their phones they take so many fucking pictures they don't even look at them Like it's the act of, oh, I need to capture this because I might not remember it or something, but then never look at it. They don't remember it because they're looking at it through a phone. Yeah, or holding their phone, you know, up. I guess they're still looking at it instead of the, whatever it is that they're photographing, Um, which is actually a funny thing that comes up in the podcast with Scott about his second book that he would like to make, which is pictures of, you know, people in all the most beautiful places in the world not looking at the thing, but... You know looking at their phones or taking you know pictures of themselves so, oh we're gonna have <laughs> just a quickie snap just a quickie snap she'll sorry while we're, s- while we're talking about she'll it she'll never so, look at it again it's fine we've just established that <laughs> so actually in this in this video with the vendors he's just like it's not you know when you use the phone and in that way it's not photography i don't know what the word is and so the challenge was come up with a word for what you do when you capture an image with a phone because it's not photography was his uh thesis and i'm not going to agree or disagree but it's like oh let's find another word for it and try not to be total totally derogatory and mocking <laughs> or do it. it's not because i am a i
2: should probably put some. i'm not a photographer i'm just a guy who got a camera like earlier
0: this year and i'm trying to figure it out so when i but you did realize that the lens delivered with it as a in in a bundle was a piece of shit. Yes, It's you, you. very quickly. So so very very quickly.
3: Yeah, well, it's I mean, like the food left over in a grocery store after a hurricane. I mean, that's what the lens is that comes with the camera.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: Damp bread. Pretty much. That's
2: that's being generous. Yeah. Because I got a loan of a Michael gave me a loan, of a G Master lens, and I'm like. First of all, it's like three times the weight. Yeah, oh, wait, there's yeah, actual glass <laughs> in here. I'm like, okay. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I took the same picture with the, I mean, it was a twenty eight seventy lens. They were both twenty eight seventies. One was a $1,500 lens. One was something that was like a kid's toy. The pictures aren't even close. No. You know, they're not even close. But to Mark's point, I was so terrified of not being able to... Co- because the clouds were coming in it was like overcast and then it wasn't overcast and and so I was using my iPhone as like a backup so I'd take some pictures I'd have this moment of I'm just, like I'm just gonna take <laughs> I take this in case I have not I've spent hours editing the the pictures I took on my camera I haven't given the ones I took on my phone a second glance because they don't mean anything to me. Because they were because there was no thought involved in it. Because literally, it was like I'm um, as zoomed out as I can be. Click. There was no stress on is the ISO, right? I can, <laughs> How many stops? I can already. I can always take another.
0: You know. Well,
2: yeah. it was just the the. the it's like the, the 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 emotional stress wasn't there. As I'm like, I want to take these pictures because I don't get home very often. So I want to get at least one of the boys and it's the stereotypical like running through the Glen we were at Glen co I mean it was it was an incredible day. But it was stress. Like I'm like I, I don't want to move too quickly, you know, to keep up with you guys Yeah. It, so I would say it's not photography, it's capturing or it's snap I mean
3: it's snap snap in a picture. I like, yeah. I like quick I like
0: quickie snap. <laughs> 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 I <mean, that's>
3: <laughs> <good>. It just <laughs> always looks good. I mean if you know, I mean not you don't even have to be a photographer if you have any sort of aesthetic or you know, design sense and you go to take a picture with an iPhone or whatever camera phone you have um it's going to look good. There's not much challenge and I I feel like um photography is incredibly intellectual like there's so many decisions to be made, you know, it's
2: Oh, I taking pictures in there over the what were, what were we referring it to? Oh, the symposium. The symp- symposium. That's what it was. <laughs> there's white walls and there's a dark grey wall. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't. What these pictures look great. These pictures suck. Because and you, you, same space. Fifteen feet difference in position, and I can't get it right. I can't replicate the good stuff. But it's because it's it's more cerebral. Very. And I want to break my camera. A lot of the time, but it's fine. I haven't done that yet. So.
0: Been there. Yeah. But then it's just like, oh, it's not the camera. It's, it's the, it's the it's, Indian, not the arrow. You know? It's 100% Wait, the retard, that... like with it in his hand. Trying and, to be and, yeah, and then we want to break the tool because we don't.
2: Yeah. Sometimes monkeys use tools as sticks or sticks. But sometimes as as you tools just as 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 have to turn
3: sure. around yeah. too, you know? Yeah. That's. One thing I was taught early on, you know, if you see something that's cool, you're shooting it horizontally, shoot it vertically. See if it's better. If you're fighting with the light you have, the way you're facing, turn around and look at it the other way. You know.
0: It's a climbing thing. Look around the corner. You come up against something that, Mm -hmm. like, is an impasse, look around the corner. It's,
3: it's, I find...
0: Conceptually, it's like, okay, I guess... Learned it in one context but it's so true not only for taking pictures but
3: you know i think photography and maybe not just climbing other other sports or athletic or training things are so linked you get these plateaus you have to try something different you know you have to look around doesn't come with pressure comes with patience
0: all i can say is welcome to the building because this is what we've been talking like pontificating about or discussing amongst ourselves for so long it's like why is it like that well because it's human beings doing it and if we get this lesson or an aesthetic lesson some one context if we're mentally flexible enough we can See that it's true in an, in another context. I think pretty pretty easily. But
3: I didn't feel like people used to talk about these things, these connections, though. You, know, you feel like they
0: didn't, or
3: when I lived in Jackson Hole, if it was a gorgeous day and you were like sitting by the creek beating, it was like, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> I need to do this to do that. They were, you know, they're they're so separate, but they're so together. Whereas, you know, I don't know. It just, I it didn't feel like that was ever understood
0: that those things are related in some way, or they're the same.
3: Kind of. Yeah. It's a process, you know.
0: Yeah. I just First keep sorry, go. So I was just gonna say, I just keep going back to stare at that piece of staley art on the. It comprises the front and back cover of that thing and thinking, man, I, I could, I, I never could see that because it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, for sure there are two actual photographs in that image. And then the rest is made up. And it's combined to, combined together. Like, I don't... I, I want to know
2: what his thought process was and lead up to it. Like, where
0: did that come from? Yeah. We need to get him back here and sit down and go, dude... Here's some more pointed questions. Like, yeah. What exactly was going on in your life? Shine a bright light on him, <laughs> you know, probably, when I was asking him those questions. Because... <laughs> It, it, it's it's it, the, the the art of these composites are shocking to me especially knowing that they were made 14 years ago like, the, oh
2: man the, the man does most of
0: his photography under a bridge yes and where did this come you know <laughs> like i was trying to teach myself i think his explanation is like I was, I was in a period of time when i was trying to teach myself how to make things with a computer and that's what you come up with? <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of funny. Like, the man who grew up without running water and or, no, or electricity well, would arrive he... at a point in his artistic trajectory where he was making stuff with a computer. Yeah, and it looks like it's the missing piece of artwork from a nine-inch nails cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's some stuff in this scene from, you know... Imagine like one of the oldest sort of creative print methods of a wood block, carving a wood block, covering it with ink and pressing it on a piece of paper to, you know, zeros and ones combined with actual photography inside the the mind of someone who is clearly trying to work some shit out. To, you know, mixed media that's printed on, you know, I don't know, composited. I don't know what you, Sean, I'm sorry. I don't have the words, but I'm going to say composited onto a piece of wood that, you know, is some of its forms, some of its dripping paint, some of its pages from the Bible that it's painted on. It's some pretty... That's always... <clears throat>
2: that's always been craziness well yeah but to create something like that i i always wonder like where how does that creative process even start and especially you know i i look at um kind of street art and graffiti and it's it feels so free-flowing you know it feels very organic like they're just like crazily going at it but they have a picture in their head sean I hate to say it. may have had a depiction in his head before he did that. What the hell like came together for that like
0: particular intersection point? His explanation is uh, of the of the one piece to illustrate the knife is actually pretty good. he's it, because he is talking about you know my relationship with you know the, the the creation of Jim Jones, the ideal that it was surrounded it it, the hard edges of it. And then the, you know, and the, one of the reasons that there are snowflakes in that image along with the knife is that like he said, look, you came along and in an effort to make this idea more commercial, you whitewashed it, you softened all of the edges. And that's what I wanted to communicate with this piece of art, that there's this knife, which is a very sharp edge and everybody knows what that does. And then there's the softening of it in order to make it less dangerous. Well, and that brings kind of me back
1: to something that Ross had said earlier about, and I forget exactly how you put it, but the people that get this deserve it or something like that. And, and it made me think about, okay, the other part of the art of this are the words and talking about the knife and the snowflakes with, can I say it, Jim Jones,
0: yeah, oh, I already said it, so you're good <laughs>
1: <laughs> is like the cease and desist letter to where you were not allowed to put things use my pen as a knife, yeah, because some people were offended, confused, I believe, and was m- the actual
0: term in the letter
1: my my reaction when when I heard that was. Well, maybe they don't belong. This maybe they don't they don't belong sitting in that church then? Because the I mean those were the Sunday sermons, right? And if you look at sermon, admonish, make approve. you think, like that's the point of a sermon.
0: And confused means I don't understand. In in the podcast with Scott, he's talking about the the movie that Cormac McCarthy wrote, and people in the audience like. Wondering what's going on and hearing, overhearing someone say, it's only complicated if you're stupid.
3: <laughs>
0: it's just like, oh, you mean like life?
3: We're all dumb. Oh, That's why it's hard. <laughs> it's so
0: hard. It is. It's really hard. And we're all really dumb at times in many situations.
2: But life I, is easier when you're dumb. Because the volume sits at three. It's truth. Yeah.
3: Some of my more successful friends... Well, I I, I definitely wouldn't use the word dumb. I'd use the word simple. Because they don't overthink it. Straightforward. Mm-hmm. Okay. You goal, go. Don't look left. Don't look right. Just go get it. That simplicity is...
2: It's what Labradors and Golden Retrievers were
3: built on. Well, it's funny. My <laughs> primary friend um who i am thinking of my thought bubble yeah he is a golden retriever and maybe he might be a, a golden doodle perhaps a but he's very fun. golden and fun loving yes and does not he knows what the challenges are but he doesn't let that be a roadblock like you know the rest of us that can talk ourselves out of something because we know how difficult it'll be to get to the end or to get to the prize or whatnot I want to be creating a born-again photo shoot. Dumb dog.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I want to be the golden (laughs) doodle that I saw once at the obedience clinic who just, like, jumped vertically in place for, like, the entire obedience class.
3: i was like, oh, my
0: God. And it's just like, I think that's a smile on his face. But just, like, on the leash, right next to, you know, his custodian. I don't want to say owner because yeah. this talk obviously was on its own program. Yeah. <laughs> but like just jumping vertically, like we like This is cool. Man. What would that be like?
3: So lucky. No shit.
0: Cause every now and then I'd stop jumping because someone threw a ball. And that'd just be the best thing ever.
3: <laughs> it would be really nice to be programmed like that.
1: Hang your head out the window while you drive.
0: Stick <laughs> my tongue out, just <laughs> make sure that some slobber, you know. Left the front passenger window and went in the rear passenger window <laughs> onto whoever was back there. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and instead, we overthink, yeah, and make it more fucking complicated.
3: Yep.:
2: But we have better conversations.
3: Yeah. And
2: occasionally, people who like to overthink like come together and overthink together. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's true, and that
0: can be quite enjoyable. Maybe sometimes people who like to overthink can get together and create something together. Looking at you, young dramatic, lady. Dramatic stare <laughs> across <Well>. the room. <laughs> Joe? I, uh, no, you're Joe's. He's a commentator.
3: <laughs>
0: no, he's uh,
2: he's he's going to do something incredible with Keegan. like help them yes. into that skin suit. Yeah. <laughs> I think the balance is
3: essential though. Like, yeah. like for example, um, one of my closest friends is an engineer and I, I don't know if I'd call her. Well, she is simple. She's very intelligent, but she's very simple. And I've always kept her, her and, you know, a lot of my other friends would be unsuspecting people. Um, and, uh, I'm like, that is just so refreshing to hang out with someone. That's just very sh- straightforward.
2: Unsuspecting. I love that. Yeah, they're like, they're just like w- really what are you, like, hanging out with
3: the girl in the mint green cardigan for? I'm like, because she's lovely and just so easy, you know? And so you, I think you need that mix. You need to hang out with, like, complete oddballs just to just be stimulated. But then you need those very calming people that are, like, an aged Golden Doodle. And, yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. You need a nine and a half year old Golden Doodle in your life. You know they, they'll <laughs> jump for like
2: three or four minutes, and then they'll be like, "Okay, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah.
3: This
0: couch is so awesome. I'm yeah. going there now."
3: So I, I think it's great to keep people like that around as well.
0: So Nicole, I had a, a, a wonderful experience in August going with Randy Bly out to Antelope Island, and Randy's a photographer. Like an ambassador and uh, also, you know, front man for one of those loud bands. Um, and so we walked the same place. We pointed our cameras at virtually the same things. And we came back with totally different images. Yep. And so it was like, a, I'll show you mine. You show me yours. I'm like, holy shit. I was standing in that same spot. I didn't see that shit. And same kind of thing. It was like, wow. You so holy okay, so
3: it's always the case. Yeah, there's never competition, even though folks oh. would like to. You know,
0: no, it's not competition. It's just like I want to know what he's seeing because he's just like I only got, I only have my monochrome with me, and he didn't change the lens or anything. He's just like he shot only black and white with a fifty. End of story. And I had two different cameras because I needed to see some things in the panorama aspect ratio and then the other one. And, and they were both, I didn't actually have a film camera with me because then that would have been three and then I would have been all confused. But, um, I know you've been up to atomic city Mm -hmm. before because that's the first, some of your images from there. Um, is that a, is that a one day trip from here? Um to go shoot.
3: Yeah. I mean, when the days are longer, yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. So some, I mean next time the days get longer again.
3: It's about three hours maybe.
0: Okay. You just have to wake up early.
3: Yeah, I mean how much daytime I don't know. It's so small it's minuscule.
0: I'm just trying to plan a trip. Yeah, we need oh, to go yeah. there for one day, walk around with our cameras, and then do like see, a see. I will overthink
3: thing. my answer. There's no I yes know. or no. Yeah, yeah, yeah Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
0: like I think that would be a because that is the one of the beautiful things about photography is the the okay. We can have the same tool. We can be in the same place at the same time, and what we see, how the environment that we're in, you know, relates to us, or we we relate to it. Will be completely different.
3: Yeah, that's very cool. It would be a super cool thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, in fact, this mountain man stuff that I've been shooting, um, there's a guy who's taken interest. Um, I think he's from the Netherlands. Um, okay. Very incredibly talented, te- very technical. Um, this stuff looks pretty commercial. And he comes over here, and I had I had somebody say, "Is it weird that I I won't say his name for privacy?" But is it weird that so and so is over here taking pictures? And I'm like, "No, I mean it's like I'm not inventing the wheel here. It's like yeah, it's an interesting subject, and his photos are all they're color usually, but they have a, almost a very warm carmelly sepia tone to them, and they're mm-hmm. and he uses he always brings lights, and it's they're gorgeous." And I'm like, I have no idea how you saw that. <laughs> it's cool. It's great.
0: So they'd be standing side by side, and it'll, it's not a competitive thing because we're seeing different stuff. And unless, we're unless somebody asks you to people. move out of their
3: shot. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Cattle prod. Yeah. But that doesn't really happen.
0: Okay, so we've made a future date.
3: Yep.
2: Weird when the days
0: a, are longer. Where does Atomic City?
3: Um, You've been in Idaho. <laughs> yeah, it's in Idaho. In fact, I passed by it just uh, a couple weeks ago. We went climbing at this place called the Fins over by Arco. Um, and so you go up to take the I 15 north, and then I think at Blackfoot, Idaho? Yes. You head west. And okay. it, it, you're veering a little bit north, too, northwest.
0: Abandoned city. I can't... Is it uranium mining or was it just Um, atomic... I mean, is it called Atomic City for a reason? There's some...
3: Well, there's the Idaho National Laboratory, which isn't far away. And that's a very modern facility. Mm -hmm. But I believe that there... So is
2: as far over as Craters of the Moon?
3: Heading that way. Okay. Before it. Okay. Closer to Salt Lake. I really don't know the history. The last time I went, I was just driving up to Stanley, Idaho, but I was taking a different route than normal. And we kind of just stopped everywhere cool on that trip and atomic city definitely fit the bill for um well my opinion of cool <laughs>
1: i'll put I'll, I'll put that on my list of
0: uh oh you could you could when i drive back when you're driving the van back to, to seattle be, with the van yeah
3: yeah if you don't if you want a different drive there's some gorgeous country to go through that way
0: yeah yeah you could get there so it's, it'd be yeah, Blackfoot. So you go through Pocatello, but you're not to Twin Falls. I mean, you're not already headed west. It's somewhere in that
3: triangle. No, it's 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 north of that jump off. Yeah. That that would be the 84. You're north of that. North of 84. Okay. Yes.
2: So three and a half, four
0: hours. Closer thought. than right. that. Okay. Maybe three. I'm, yeah. in, I'm, I'm intrigued. To, I'm going to Google it.
3: I was thinking yeah. about doing it right now.
0: Yeah, because then we could actually talk, you know, currently about like what what the history is and why there's no one living there anymore or, or very few people. And you'll you take, take a picture for me when you're up there. So. I will indeed, yeah. Yeah.
3: You <laughs> know what's really weird um, uh, is that a couple of years ago um, I got interested in shooting wild horses a little bit and I got hooked up with this guy who works for the BLM and... Um, he told me that his father used to own the bar he looked at some of my photos and he's like what were you doing in atomic city i'm like the same thing as everybody else like (laughs) Like, taking pictures of old neon uh." yeah (laughs) and he's like oh my dad used to own that bar
2: like so not taking. and he like seems everything everyone else he like
3: grew up like in the bar it wasn't like i own it and don't don't like go there it's like not like silent partner thing. It was like, yeah, like I ate potato chips in there, like a lot, like most days. Wow. <laughs> so how, how
2: small is small?
3: It's three hours and four minutes.
2: Okay. I mean, is it like one street town or is it?
3: Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, you can cartwheel through it, except that you'd get glass in your hands and maybe a crack <laughs> pipe, but it, yeah, it's, It's tiny. It's tiny
2: sounds like uh so christina's mom is from a place called plentywood in montana so okay. it's 14 miles from the canadian border it is one stop stoplight and blinking four-way y- yep yeah pretty much and you go like five minutes either direction you're out of town like you're just like out in the fields wow and her sister elected to move up there in fact two of her sisters moved up there and one works at the bar (laughs) the only bar and they just make their own little life for themselves i'm like there's nothing here like actually there's nothing here but they love the sense of community and they love like everyone knows everyone and they've got their own wee band and the big big deal in town you're like man maybe some people just crave
0: old you know
3: I think it's just the simplicity.
0: So the population of Atomic City in 1960 was 141. (laughs) Okay, maybe Plentywood's a little bit bigger than that. That was the high point. Because by 1970, it was down to 24. Back up to 34 in 1980, then then down to 29 in 2010. That kind of sounds like a breakdown for the, the hills of ice.
3: Like, I, I didn't even see 29 or what are we saying? 24 people when we were there. Like Yes, yeah, so it's
0: estimated in 2016, 26 people. But it uh, used to be called Midway. Uh, had a larger population when the neighboring Idaho National Laboratory site was newer, known as the National Reactor Testing Station <laughs> <Okay>. until 1975. <laughs> Gives you an idea where Atomic City came from. Where and why it? the residents There, are there is one store finished. and one bar...
3: The bar is closed.
0: The store no longer sells gasoline due to new laws pertaining to its underground gas tanks. Most of the people who were raised in the town are now deceased, and many of the current residents are retired. There is an RV park, as always, on the south end of town with the full hookups, if you'd like, and a, and stock car races are held in the summer. Of, of course perfect. there are. <laughs> perfect. This <laughs> according to Wikipedia, I, you know so uh,
1: you're
2: going to uh you're gonna time that trip up when the stock car racing is on I think and
0: you will see it in all its glory I think if stock car races are still held, that would be a good idea
3: that would be pretty cool,
0: yeah um
3: if they are still is the yeah who knows, I mean who knows when
0: this entry was it doesn't have a footnote for me to check but um yeah, some of the yeah, so it's a one, not light town, <laughs> you know, one intersection kind of town, and um, I don't know. You, you posted a couple of pictures of it, Nicole, and I was just like, oh my god, I want to go there.
3: Yeah, it's cool, and like, like, the, like the population says. I mean, we're we're talking two dozen, and everyone that, from what I noticed, and I had a, when I went climbing a couple weeks ago, I had a friend from Pocatello. Um, familiar he's familiar with the area and he said everybody that works at the lab, which is very close by, the Idaho National Lab, they pretty much get bussed in from um Pocatello. Further out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't yeah. they're not they're no scientists hanging out in Atomic City. Atomic City.
2: So a good real estate investment opportunity. You know, maybe maybe some depleted uranium or you know you know, the odd plutonium core just
0: buried out in the desert
2: desert somewhere.
0: I yeah I, I, I don't know I'm I'm uh I don't think we could make it an actual you know theme of a print piece but maybe a story?
3: Well there are other towns that that are I mean that's really small but there are other towns that I find fascinating um
0: So I got a great idea. I got a you guys you guys this will be this will be great. We'll go like do exercise in these dying towns and take pictures. Like handstands well, and the, shit. Can you do a handstand? I can't.
3: Um,
0: we'll bring someone.
3: I technically should be able to, but I don't like them. Okay. <laughs> I don't like my tits like anywhere near my face and hair, and there's always a shirt going up. So yeah, I can, but I won't.
0: Okay. So we'll photograph. So we'll bring a, like, a, like a fitness model or <laughs> we'll something. Find, we'll to, like, find a
3: good yogi needed to come. And,
0: yeah, exactly. Here you go. Uh, we need to take some pictures of doing exercise in um, dying small towns of the West. Trying to revitalize them by opening, like, you know, garage gyms, maybe. Have you heard of a town called Ofer? On the opposite side of the Oakers. Out past Twilla? Yeah. Have you ever been out? Yes. Have you taken pictures at the graveyard? I have not, because I went out in February with Kingry. Right. And we didn't, like, it just, it was, there was snow. Mm. We couldn't get exactly where we want to go, but that could be a cool place. Yeah. I've been out a couple of times. Okay. um, so it, before you lose all service
2: when you drive up towards the canyon um but there's a there's the town graveyard which is just in some brush and it's just some like a wire fence that designates the spot um but some old guy owns the town okay so it was a mining town yeah over uh, and i actually went up and went into the mine like Ooh. a mile down they had the carts working and and stuff like that. And there's old, like, minor cabins that are still original and authentic, and you've probably been up. But that's uh, that's a slowly but
0: surely dying town, if ever there was one. We were actually looking. We wanted to, I, because I think you could ride over the Ochres back to the Salt Lake Valley. on appropriate. Yeah, the road gets a bit
2: rough, like, the higher up you get. But, I mean, I, you could probably do it.
0: It's but sort of there's like nothing there. I mean, there's yeah. there's, there's yeah. nothing. It was there. just we were looking for adventure, it, it, and it, it was it, too adventurous for us. <laughs> but for a day for
2: a, for a day <laughs> drive out, yeah. you know, if you if you can if you can get out there, it's uh, it is a bit like it feels a little bit the town that time forgot. Yeah, yeah, it's in a really
0: sort of out of the way place. Sure.
3: <laughs> Which town is this?
0: It's called Ofer. So if you go like drive to Tuila, go south, and then there's stockwell
3: is the town i think
0: the smaller town south of Twilla, and then turn left and go up into the ochres there's a couple of different canyons i, I have seen Some,
3: that yeah the graveyard like a long time ago but yeah, not, in, not photographed it
0: yeah so n- no handstands no <laughs> yeah. i mean we can just mock crossfit like ruthlessly it's mocking won, itself right there's there, probably going to yeah, be a really- tire you could flip <laughs> <laughs> or hit with a hammer or something ridiculous. Maybe hit it with a mace, some shit. But so only if it's on fire. Yeah.
3: yeah. Ely, Nevada is a really cool name, uh, cool town as well.
0: Where's yes. that? Uh,
3: highway 50. Is it 50?
0: Yeah, yeah. The the most lonely highway in North, you know, North America, or probably have to be in the lower 48. But so I'm pretty sure there's some pretty lonely highways north of the border. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a a fantastic Mexican restaurant. Really?
3: Yes. (laughs) Wow. So good. I didn't eat at it.
0: Each time that I've been out, like driven out to the east side of the Sierras, gone through Ely. And both on the way out and on the way back, I think so. I might have eaten at that Mexican restaurant four times. Wow. After the first time, it was an accident to find it. And then every time we've been through. But that's like Cowboy Poetry Town, right? No, that's Elko. No, that's Elko. Yes.
3: Which is also, yeah. in my opinion, very cool.
0: Yeah. Illy's slam poetry. Yeah. <laughs> Flaming maces.
3: Nevada's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. I, I feel like we're, wo- we're wound down somehow. And uh, so, I don't know. That scene's going to go up in the store. There's not going to be a weird password for it you'll not have to find like a secret website it's just gonna be out because it needs to be out just like it got into my head it needed to get it out of my head and so now it's
2: now life can go on no i can go back to other stuff that needs to get out is that to Um, be continued
0: mark is that is that what i'm taking from this i I don't know hopefully i mean it's been talked about it's like any number of other things been talked about for so long that i just decided okay that it's going to go out and now maybe someone's going to see it and maybe some artist that i wanted to collaborate with who you know didn't oh so this is a totally self-serving oh it's total bait right now (laughs) like look what you missed out on i hope your fomo is killing you (laughs) but maybe there'll be another opportunity or something (laughs) i don't i just learned what
1: that meant 2 days ago.
0: <laughs> I I learned what it meant like 4 months ago. So <laughs> as you did, I had to look it up because because of FOMO.
1: Yeah. I was I was like FOMO, what is that?
2: So to be continued. Yeah, probably oh. I think probably. Yeah. And if you were to if you were to try and <laughs> sum up, like describe the this untitled work, you know, just to wet people's appetite on what the hell it is.
0: Um. So, if, if mid-September when we had our symposium, it was a how it wasn't an exercise symposium; it was how to think symposium. And I would look at this scene and I go, "Well, this is a make you think thing, That's and great. make you feel slightly uncomfortable and hopefully unproductive."
2: okay i think that
0: is uh that's intriguing <laughs> enough <laughs> I, I i don't know I, i'm not even gonna put anybody else on the spot for that because
2: uh, that's like all i can really say about it <laughs> i'm just quietly flicking through it when i saw it. i'm like okay i, I, I don't... think
3: it would be time very well spent to, for whoever gets it in their hands
0: to take time. And if that's all it does is to make, you know, to, to, to help someone slow down and take time, then it will have been a good thing. Thank you. Thank thank you, you. Cole thanks to for like going through and looking at it and, uh, helping talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I couldn't have done it. Joe, thank you, Ross, uh, as ever, thanks for, um, Putting a boot to my ass. Making me... uh, Hey, you you do say I didn't want this,
2: and my answer is always I don't care. (laughs) So...
0: (laughs) And there it is. (laughs)
2: Thank you.